Hey, welcome to the Christ Fellowship Podcast. This is Derek. Thank you for joining us. Man, we've been in this series that's entitled Higher, where we're looking at God's ways are higher, His thoughts are higher. And today, we want to look at something that we all do, something we put a lot of hours in, and that is our work, our occupation. And so today we want to look at what is God's thoughts, what are His thoughts towards our job, our work? How do we get His perspective and how do we partner with Him to see His kingdom come at our workplace as it is in heaven? So grab your Bible, grab some notes, let's dig in. Before we um, sit down, before we get into the scriptures, two things I just want to, I felt like the Lord as we're, we're singing, um, that we, He's invited us to pray into. Number one, I just felt as, as we were singing, uh, somebody doubled over it was some stomach pain and um, I feel like man the Lord wants to, to touch and heal somebody with some stomach pain and so um, if you've got some stomach pain and maybe you're not sure it is, what it is or maybe you do know would you just raise your hand I just want to pray for you just real quick yeah right here yeah yeah awesome just yeah so just put wherever you're having the pain just put it on your stomach your abdomen felt like there was some just real pain and the Lord wanted to heal that today. So Lord, we as a community, we, we say your name is great, greatly to be praised. And your name is healer. It's not just your name, but it's what you do. It's who you are. So I just, I just, with my brothers and sisters in this room and those that are joining our line, we come together as your children and we say, let your kingdom come in these individuals and their and their abdomens and their stomachs right now we just release your peace we just say be whole and be healed in Jesus name the Holy Spirit would you just continue just to work right now whatever's going on in their stomach area that it would be wholeness you just say no to pain you just say restore be restored fully God intended. Just release your peace, Lord. Release, release your peace. And so just receive it. There's nothing you have to do. Just really receive from the Lord. That's who we are as his children. We receive from the King. So we receive from you, King Jesus. And I bless them right now. I bless their faith to even raise their hand, their desire to be whole, and that you love them more than anything else. Secondly, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one, but I just had a heart for uh, this skeptic in the room, um, or maybe watching online, somebody who's really just, man, struggling, like, what, what, is, what is all this stuff? Is this God real? Is, can I trust this God? Is it just a, a bunch of people that are, you know, have this grand vision, but there's nothing really behind it? And I just felt like the Lord today just wanted to say that he sees you and your doubts and your questions they don't scare him and that actually it's it's the path that he's laid that's going to lead you to him so if that's you today i just want you to receive this prayer lord thank you thank you that you are true you're trustworthy i thank you that so many times our questions and our doubts they, they are highways to know you deeper and so I bless the skeptic in the room. I bless the one who's doubting in the room, the one that wonders if you're real or if, they, if, if you are, if you're good. And if you're good, why aren't you good to them? Lord, I just bless them right now that there would be a, a moment today that uh, they, see, they see your evidence of you in their life, that they, that they, 
They recognize that your voice has always been there, that you've always been for them. And so I just bless them right now to continue to seek because you promise you those that seek will find. Those that keep on asking, the answer will be given. Those that keep on knocking, the door will be open. And so we're putting a stake in the ground saying, Lord, we trust you. I trust you. We trust you that you will reveal yourself in due season. So we just call the prodigal home. We call the ones that question and say, there's room here, there's space here for you. Let's anchor ourselves to the Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for this community. As we open up the word, we just ask the Holy Spirit that you would enlighten our eyes, that you would um, make much of Jesus, that you would give us clarity as you lead us forward, forward as we say yes to you. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and find a seat. Let me just say on behalf of our pastoral team here, on behalf of our incredible staff, uh, it is really an honor and a joy to be part of this community, let alone uh, be entrusted to serve this community. And, uh, and so thank you so much for uh, your prayers uh, today, but also I know so many t- tell me often how they pray for my family and I and our team, and so we are so grateful. And I would encourage you, you know, um, when you see some of the staff people uh, this week or next week, maybe when you go pick up your kids uh, or your littles here, just tell them thank you. Um, th- thank you and that you appreciate how they serve. Um, such an amazing team here. Well, if you're new, man, I want to just welcome you. Uh, we've been uh, talking about this thing that we read in the Bible. Isaiah 55 is, a, is an amazing chapter in the Bible that I personally love. It's, it's a core passage for me. And in that passage, though, the, the prophet Isaiah says that God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And the invitation in this chapter is not that we can't know them or somehow that God is keeping them from it, but the invitation is come to me, God says, come to God, come to me. I want you to know my thoughts. I want you to know my ways. And so over the last few weeks, we, we've been looking at different areas and saying, God, like, we have some thoughts, we have some ways, the world has some thoughts and ways, but we, we as a people, we want to humble ourselves, we want to know what are your thoughts, How, what's your perspective about this thing? We have some ways, Lord, but, but what are your ways? Because we know that your ways lead to life. Anybody else know that God's ways lead to life, right? His ways lead to life. And so as a community, we're saying, God, we don't want to just sing about you. We don't want to just talk about you. We don't want to know facts about you. We want to actually know your heart, and we want to walk in your ways. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for, for myself. We want to just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. And so today, I want to talk about something I think most of us have in common. You know, you've heard the 10,000-hour rule. If you do something 10,000 hours, you get really good at it. Well, today what I want to talk about is something that, that in your lifetime, you may do 80,000 hours. 80,000 hours. Today, I want to talk about a higher view of your occupation or of your job. Everybody say, yay. <laughs> yes. How many of you think that God has a view of your job? Anybody besides me? Yeah. How many of you think there's a way that God has that is really leads to life in your job? Anybody else here? Yeah, yeah, me too. So what I want to do is I want to look at occupation. Now, that word is interesting. That word means a couple things. It, it primarily means what we're talking about today. It's the usual or principal work or business, especially as a means to make a living or to make money. 
It's also an activity in which one engages in. So you may be here today and you may be uh, somebody who's retired. And so don't check out today. I love our retirees. We got plenty of them. It's awesome. Uh, But retirement is actually an occupation. Like how many of you know when God's still got breath in your lungs, he's not done with you. Somebody say amen, right? So, So today don't check out if you don't have a job, if you're retired or if you're a student, some students in the house today. Awesome to see you guys. But it's what we do. And the third one I thought was interesting, the occupation, it, it's the possession or use or sediment of land or a territory. Like what if your, your job was an actual territory that God has entrusted you with to do something with? Now, with all the topics that we've had, we, we know there's a view that the world has and the view that God has. And so the world, some views that the world has of our occupation, of our job, is that it is a necessary evil, <laughs> Oh, man, it's, it's like I have to do it, but man, it's pretty evil, right? Some of us think it's, it's what gets in the way of us in the weekend. Come on, somebody say that, right? It's maybe Dolly Parton working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Like, yeah, like, so, like, like, we have this view, like, it's just like, how do I get through my work to get to the real part, which is life? Like, the weekend, like, get to the weekend, right? And for many of us, it's an obvious one. It's, it's how we provide for our family. My work literally equates to it's how I get paid. It's how I provide, right? But I would say probably the most destructive view that the world offers us with respect to our jobs, with respect to our work, is that my job or my work is my identity. It's who I am. It's where I find my value. It's where I find my worth. And oftentimes when you're talking to people, you say, hey, man, who are you? They'll lead with, I'm filling the blank. I am filling the blank. And honestly, if, if you're an employee uh, and you don't really have the best intention for your people that work for you, you kind of want them to have their identity and work. Because when your identity is the work, you'll do whatever it takes to meet the needs, right? And you'll go above and beyond, which is not bad we're going to talk about today. But here's the thing about our work is we don't control it like we don't control most things. And so if we put our value in our work, what happens when you retire and you no longer have that coming at you, that need for you to be there? What happens if the economy changes and you don't have the job that you once had? What happens when you get missed and and looked over for the promotion and somebody else does? What happens to your identity? It begins to crumble. And so I want you to hear this. You are not what you do. You are not your work. You are not your vocation. You are not your occupation, no matter what anybody would have you think that way. And so then we should ask, what is... What is God's perspective? Like, what does God think about my, my J-O-B? What's he think about my work? What's he think about my occupation? And, and so I want to talk about that a little bit today. What we see from, from the earliest pages of the scripture when God creates the heavens and the earth and he fills it and, and on the sixth day he created humanity and Adam and Eve and he came to Adam and Eve and he had a conversation. He says, Adam and Eve, come here. I, I want to bless you. Isn't that amazing that our God wants to bless us? He says he blesses them, and he says, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to, to, to multiply. I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to take dominion. I want you to take, what he was saying is, I want you to take what the reality of Eden is right now, and I want you to propagate that all over the face of the earth. I want you to work the land. I want you to tend the livestock. I want you to partner with me to get some work done. And even after the sixth day, it says on the seventh day, God rested from his what? Guess what that means? Work is not evil. I'm sorry. 
Work is not evil. Actually, work is God's divine plan for humanity. It's not something to get through. It's actually what God put us on the earth. It's part of our purpose on the earth, which is to work. Before the fall, before sin enters, there is work, and even God is at work. And so we've got to shift our perspective, shift our mindset of what work is so that we can really partner with God. If you have your Bible, open up the 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to be here just for a moment. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, Paul is addressing some division in a group of people. That never happens right nowadays, right? There's still some of that happening. And specifically, though, in the church, it's interesting, and he's giving them a hard time. He's like, man, why are you guys being so immature? Like, why are you guys talking about who you follow and there's division among you? And so he says this in verse four. He says, for one says, I follow Paul. And another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? So, so, such a strong rebuke of these people that are having so much division about who their leader is and who do they follow. And, and then he goes on and says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. And as the Lord assigned to each, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Now look at verse 9. This is why, why I went here. Verse 9, it says, for we are God's fellow what? Wow. We, we inclusive of all of us in the family of God, we are God's fellow what? Workers, you and I, we're God's field, God's building. Now in the context here, he was clearly talking about ministry. Like somebody had been impacted by Apollos, somebody had been impacted by Paul and their in their faith life and their walk. And, and so they begin to have division and dissension and I'm following this faction, I'm following that faction. He's like, no, 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 no. Paul does one thing and Paul says, but the Lord gives the growth. He says, they are working with God. We are God's fellow workers. So what I want you to see about our work, whether it's vocationally, like I'm a pastor, that's my, my occupation, it's not my identity, or if you're leading a classroom, or if you're an engineer, or you're a sheriff, or you're a fireman, or you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, or you're a retiree, what I believe about your occupation is that it is an invitation to partner with God. Fellow workers. So, so think for a second, if you had a different view of your job, it's not just the nine to five, it's not just getting to the weekend, but, but what if we saw our, our job, our work, as an invitation from God to partner with God. I believe that's what this is. This is what happened from the very first pages, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden and God says, I want you to multiply. God could have said, you know what I'm gonna do? Boom, glory over the earth. Boom, immediately. Just like he spoke it all. In his, he could have just said that. But God doesn't work like that. So this is how I'm gonna bring about my rule and reign on the earth. This is how I'm gonna take what's happening in Eden and this beautiful uh, encounter with the Lord and, and working it. I wanna work that, I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it through humanity. And here's the thing about God, and, and sometimes we, we, we wanna just say, God, will you just do that? And he's like, no, I'll do it, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring about my heart through people. All the, thing God's, all the things that God wants to do on the earth let me tell you, it involves humanity of saying, yes, I receive that and I'll partner with you. So let me ask you this question. Does God want your workplace, your place of work, to look more like heaven 
than it already does. Anybody agree with that, right? Do you think that God wants your place of work to be a place of hope? Do you think that God desires that men and women are honored in your workplace? Yeah, yeah, all these things. And so here's the thing. We could pray, God, just make it happen. I'm going to show up Monday, and it's just going to be heaven on earth. Woo! Or he would say, actually, the way I'm going to show up on Monday is I'm going to show up with you. And I'm going to do it with you. Why? Because he's inviting us to partner with us in our occupation to bring about his kingdom. See, God longs to establish his will on the earth through humanity. This is how he's always done it. Like, there's not another way. God is saying, like, this is plan B. I'm going to bring my rule and reign, the kingdom, through humanity. That's why even Jesus said, it's better that I leave so that I can send the spirit so that you guys, my followers, can carry out my rule and reign far wider than I could as an individual person in Jesus, right? He's always inviting, he's always inviting us to partner with him. And so what if we, we shifted our mindset, right? This higher view, this higher thought. What if we had this mindset that your presence at work was the potential to usher in the kingdom of God as it is in heaven? Oh, man. Like, like what if, like, God really does place people in time and locations and in communities what if he's actually really intentional about that? What if wherever you go to make a living, whether you're retired, maybe you're in a community, or like what if God is actually really intentional about that and he says, I want you to join me with what I'm doing there? See, it shifts how we view work. It shifts how we show up. It shifts how we think about work. And then we read a passage like this out of Colossians 3. Actually, my son this week came home and, and their basketball coach was giving a little Devo, a little, little Devo. And, and obviously, it was a beautiful little passage because my son remembered it. He says this, Colossians, it says, whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord and not for men. Now, his basketball coach was probably talking about like their attitudes, like run as unto the Lord, like go get them, boys, like all that good stuff. But this applies to our jobs too. He says, whatever you do, whether you're a plumber or you're an executive, whether you're a teacher or whether you're a teacher, whether you're a stay-at-home dad or you find yourself unemployed, he says, whatever you do, everybody say whatever, whatever, whatever. This is like all-encompassing. This is like literally whatever you're doing today. What about this? Yes, that too. Whatever you do, it says here, he says, work heartedly. Ask for the Lord and not for who? Men. Now, we can like get excited about this, and there's lots of people that preach this, but here's what's hard is, is this passage, it, it is taking our bosses out of the equation on how we work. Oh, don't you hate that? Like, Derek, you don't know my boss. Like, if you know how they treated people, if you knew how they didn't do what they're supposed to do, like, you wouldn't work hard, too. And, and here it says, it says, don't do it as for the approval of men and women, but he says, do it for the approval of the Lord. And so like this week, like what if we shifted our perspective and said, man, when I show up to work, I'm not doing it for a suit up in some office somewhere. I'm not doing this for my supervisor, but, but I'm showing up and working wholeheartedly. Why? For it's the Lord. It's unto the Lord. And so it's like almost like this week, like what if you thought like Jesus was your supervisor this week? Like that may be hard because a lot of your supervisors may have been really bad. So think about like if you had a perfect supervisor, Jesus, 
And he's like, how would you work? How would you speak? How would you talk? How, how would you show up? Would you show up five minutes late? Would you talk about your coworkers that way? Would you cut the corners here? Like, like, how would we do? He says, do it as unto the Lord. And here's the beautiful part about what shifts when we do this is that our work actually, when it's done unto the Lord, guess what it becomes? It becomes worship. Worship is literally our response to God. And so when I show up tomorrow at work and I've got some things to do, I'm going to say, Lord, Jesus, I want to do this unto you. And he says, that's beautiful. And that's like a aroma rising up to my throne because when you do it unto the Lord, guess what that is? That's a beautiful act of worship. My response to the Lord. And so what would it look like this week if we didn't just be hearers of this word, but we said, man, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm not going to do this for the man or the woman, but I'm going to do this as unto the Lord. You see, I think, I think our occupation is an opportunity to leverage our influence in a way that honors God. And some of us, we just need to wake up. It's not just getting a paycheck. If you're going to spend 80,000 hours in your lifetime doing something, do you think the Lord cares about that? Or do you just think he's going to care? No, you just do your thing and then show up for the hour, hour and a half on Sunday morning. No, 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 no. God is in it all. And he's inviting us to partner with us. And then we get to a passage in Matthew 5. Jesus says, you are the salt of the world. He follows it up and says, you're actually the light of the world. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I believe full-heartedly that God wants you to leverage your influence laterally, upward, downward, in a way that honors his name in a way that would bring glory to him. And what I love about this passage, he doesn't just say, let your words honor the Lord. He says here, he says, let them see your good works that they may give glory to the Father. So there's a connection when people see your good works, there's a connection between seeing and experiencing your actions that lead people to glorify God. I, I wanna make this statement, I wanna make this really clear because I've been in a lot of workplaces, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of business. I, I wanna make this really clear. Talking about Jesus should never be prioritized above living out the teachings of Jesus. Come on now, come on. Somebody say, come on now. Hear, hear me now. Honestly, this is one of the reasons why Christians get such a bad name in the workplace. Is we love to talk about Jesus. We love to talk about the Christian things and the churchy things. We love to really call people out and all that good stuff. But I gotta tell you, like, what annoys me the most and I think breaks the Father's heart is when somebody talks a big game about Jesus but refuses to embrace and walk in the teachings of Jesus. And I've seen this way too many times. I remember in a manufacturing environment, I was an area manager, and one of the guys um, was, you know, this amazing Christian man, and he told you by the hats he wore. Anybody else ever seen that before? Jesus, 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 right? And I had all these things, and I'm sure his bumper stickers were all over his car, which is great, whatever, that's fine. But, but the thing about the, the, the Jesus hat that he would wear, it's like cool, it's like that's your, like, that's your trend, like whatever, that's cool. But, but nobody liked this guy. And it wasn't because of his poor choice of aesthetics, aesthetics, right? It wasn't because he had bad taste. They didn't like the guy because he talked about Jesus all the time, but he was lazy. Ugh. He talked about Jesus all the time and wanted to quote scriptures, but man, he was the one that complained every lunchtime about everything the boss was doing. 
And so people didn't like him because he, like Jesus, they, they didn't like him because he wasn't a helpful employee. Now I'm really preaching now, right? Let that sink in. Now, now you're shaking your heads because you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like you've been around people, they talk about things a lot, but, but when you look at their actions, you're like, wow, like this doesn't match up. And these three thoughts came to mind. Um, a lazy coworker who talks about Jesus does more damage than a dependable coworker that who says nothing at all. A gossiping coworker that talks about Jesus all the time, but does more damage than a trustworthy coworker who says nothing at all. An unethical coworker who talks about Jesus does more damage than an ethical coworker who says nothing at all. See, I believe God has given you influence, but what I know is that our greatest influence flows when our words and our actions align with the kingdom of God. Not just our words, but our actions. Are we doing this to please men in positions and women in certain positions, or are we doing this unto the Lord? I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. So if we recognize, man, we've been given authority, we've been given a place in our work, whether we're the owners, whether we're the lowest person on the floor, whether we're just figuring it out in the middle, wherever we're at, God has placed us somewhere. He's given us an occupation. He's given us a job. How do we steward our influence? Well, the first thing I think most of us don't do is we don't pray and ask for God's thoughts. Like we'll, we'll pray for our food, and if we're really bold, we'll pray for our food in front of our coworkers. Awesome, great. Some of us will pray before we lay down at bed. We'll pray if somebody's sick, but oftentimes I, I don't typically talk about to people who spend much time praying about their job or like our students praying over their classroom or their friends, right? So what about this week if, if you said to God, God, hey, hey, I'm praying for my business or I'm praying over my classroom and, and we say, God, what are your thoughts towards my coworkers? What are your thoughts towards my boss? What are your thoughts towards how I'm supposed to lead in this situation? Asking the Lord. This is part of what we talked about this last week is intercession, moving into this awareness of God and asking him questions. The second one, if we want to steward what God's given us is we need to ask for heaven's wisdom and solutions that will cause our workplace to flourish. The scriptures say that if you lack wisdom, ask for and he will give it without reproach. And that doesn't mean just faith or that doesn't just mean relational. I, I believe that God has so many technical wisdoms that he wants to give away. He's got so much wisdom and understanding that he wants to give us if we would just come to and ask. Uh, the, the best engineer I ever worked with is the highest level of engineering you could be at in the company I worked at. And I was fortunate to be mentored by him. And he would get brought in all over the country on really complex, wild problems. And he was a gifted man, obviously, gifted engineer. But I would see him time and time again. He would go talk to the uh, operators. He would ask questions. And then I would see him go to his office and he closed the door. And guess what he did? Get on his computer and Google things? No. <laughs> He would pray and he would say, God, I've got some technical abilities, but uh, this is really complex. And so what am I not seeing? What do I need to know? Who do I need to talk to? And do you know that God would actually speak to him about these things? Like we, we put God in a box, like God can speak about the Bible or he can speak about relationships. But like, like I've said this before, but you know, God's a much better engineer than any of y'all engineers in here. 
Like he's a much better steward of businesses than any of us. And like he cares deeply about where we spend 80,000 hours of our life. He would know some amazing details about what you do if you would ask him. But that takes humility and it takes patience. But I'm telling you this week, if you begin to ask the Lord, hey, I got this problem, Lord. What do you want me to think about? What do you want me to know? I'm telling you, you would be blown away how heaven drips in and and drops into our minds. The third thing is, is real practical and that's, if we're going to steward our influence, we want to model the kingdom of God. We're going to walk with integrity, obviously. We want to walk with humility and, and excellence. We want people, when they see us, when they see how we work, to say, wow, that is great. Honestly, that's what we want. Because he says, when they see your good works, they will what? They will glorify the Father. They'll glorify the Father. So we need to steward our influence. But here's, here's what I think is, and is honestly the, the biggest hindrance for all of us when it comes to our workplace and why so many people are down and out and why people check out and you have these silent resignations that are going on where people keep showing up but they really don't produce anything. They're just trying to stay under the radar and just keep their head down. I think the biggest problem in our day and age around our work is that we lack hope and perspective of heaven. We buy into this negative view of our workplace, and then what happens is that that negative view, it actually comes to be, it actually becomes our experience, and it becomes how we actually influence the work. So if I go to work and I think this place, fill in the blank, is terrible, or whatever word you want to put in there, right? My coworkers are blank, fill in the blank. Man, my boss, oh, if that's what I'm agreeing with all the time, guess what is going to come out of that? more of the same. And we just keep beating our head against the wall and yet we never change our mind. Jesus says, repent. He says, change your mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. But you know what we do? No, we're going to say the same thing. Man, you should have heard about my boss. Oh, can you believe they made that decision? Oh my goodness. Man, you hear what they're making down the road? Oh yeah. And, and, and we never change our mind. And guess what? We get the same thing day after day, year after year, and 80,000 years, not 80,000 years, that'd be a long time. 80,000 hours later, you're like, finally, retirement. Woohoo! And honestly, here's what's hard is many people will transition from work that they think is miserable into retirement that will actually be equally miserable because they never change their mind because they stay in the same agreements. And I'm telling you, if you want to partner with God, you've got to ask him, what are your thoughts? What are your ways? And ask yourself, who am I partnering with? What thoughts am I partnering with? Because what we believe, I'm telling you, it's so practical. Even science is coming around. What we believe ends up actually being what we experience. And so I would ask you this as we end today. (laughs) What are your thoughts about your job? What are your beliefs about the occupation that you are in now? I'm not saying you got to stay in that forever. There's great transition. And man, God bless the people get to retire and all that good stuff. It's amazing. But right now, where God has you, what are your thoughts towards it? What are, your, what are you believing? And as we close today, I just want to pray, and I want to give some space, because I, I believe that there's probably some room today for us to say, yeah, like I'm, I've, I've kind of stiff-armed God's view of my work. And I just want to give you space, before we leave here, before we go get lunch and all that good stuff today, to be honest with the Lord and tell him the truth. It's called confession, to say that, here's the truth, Lord. Uh, I've not been giving my full at work. 
Here's the truth, God. Like, I've got my head down, and, and I've not ever asked you, what do you think about my coworkers? Why in the world am I here? So I just want to give you a moment here just to, to take a deep breath and just think right now, what do you need to tell the Lord? What truth do you need to tell him about your job, about your occupation? Once again, this is not a shame thing. This is not a, you should feel terrible. No, it's, no, it's like the Lord's putting his finger all over the room. He just put his finger on that. And whenever God puts his finger on something, he doesn't do it to make us feel bad. He does it to lead us to life. And here's what I know about God. He wants your occupation to give you life. He does. And he wants you to partner with him. And so we're just going to be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, here it is. Here's, here's where I'm struggling at work. Here's my views of work. Here's where I've been just honestly not showing up fully to work. And just tell him the truth. He already knows it. It's not a secret to him. Today, he's just inviting us all to repent, to change our minds change your minds about how we view work, how we view our job, how we view our coworkers and our bosses. So as we confess, we then we just want to change our mind and we just want to say, God, show, show me where your hope is at work. Show me what you are doing at work that I'm not seeing. Just that's a beautiful question to ask. Even while you're driving to work, it's a great question to ask in the mornings. God, Help me to see, what are you doing at my workplace? I know you're already there. I'm not bringing you there, but what are you, what are you doing that I can partner with you? It's a great question to ask. This is not just during this time, but keep asking this question with the Lord. And then lastly, I just want us to take a moment. I want us to intercede, and I want us to pray for our coworkers and our, our um, supervision. So just right now, just think about your coworkers. If, if a couple come to, by name, you can just say, Lord, I just bless Fill in the blank. I bless them with joy and peace. Then maybe it's your supervisor or your manager. You would just lift that person up, regardless of and how good they are. But you just say, God, and I, I want that person to be fully alive. I want them to be everything you designed them to be. And so right now, I just bless them. And, and Lord, I want to be part of your transformation story in their life. I want to honor them. I want to honor you by honoring them. And so, Lord, what, what would that look like? And so just right now, just lift up your, your, your school, lift up your office, your area. God, we're in awe and we are humbled the fact that you would partner with us, that you would invite us to, to join you on this earth to bring about your kingdom. I thank you for this reminder that where we spend many hours every day, tens of thousands every decade, that we just keep, keep going, that, that you are at work and that it's a huge part of how you want to minister and how you want to bring about your heart on the earth. And so I pray, Lord, just that we would be a people, not just be hearers, but we would be doers, that we wouldn't just think about these things, but we would participate with you. So I pray, Lord, for this week that, that there would be um, opportunities for not only our words, but our actions. I pray that, that people around us at work would come to us to, to find advice and insight and wisdom. Lord, I pray this week that some of us would be in situations where there's no clear path forward, there's no answer, and that we would humble ourselves enough where we would say, God, we don't know the answer, but 
we believe you do. And so, Lord, would you give us heaven's answers, heaven's solutions, that there would be some new revelation of how to lead, how to, how to navigate problems. Because the people said, we believe, God, you care, and that you know better than us. So, Lord, I bless this community, this family that we call Christ Fellowship, that we wouldn't just be a people that gather on Sunday and hoot and holler, but we would be a people that participate and say yes to your invitation wherever we go, whatever we put our hands to, Lord, it would be done unto you as an act of worship, not for the men and women that are over oversights. The Holy Spirit, would you continue to lead us, get our eyes up this week, may we see rightly, and may we say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Um, my, uh, my wife works for King University, and one of the things that I think really transformed her thinking around work most is realizing, like, God truly is everywhere. Like, he's just as present in her work as he is here on Sunday morning, and then practically trying to step into that mindset when she enters into work. And so I just bless you guys with fresh perspective from whatever the Lord put in your heart this week, and that it would stir you up to see your your job and your work and your coworkers differently. Um, but I do want to invite our prayer team up, for, uh, up front here. Um, man, if there is something in work that you want prayer for, uh, or maybe you're looking for work, or you just need God's provision in a, in a situation, whatever it is, we would love to partner uh, in prayer with you. And then secondly, the prayer team was kind of sensing during, uh, during service just uh, that today was an open invitation to release burdens this morning. So if you're walking in heaviness or weariness, anything that's felt like a burden, uh, just felt like the Lord's grace to partner in prayer and those two things. And the last things I'll leave you with is uh, if you're a young adult, uh, which is like post-college, or sorry, post-high school to about uh, 30, uh, we are starting up monthly Monday night gatherings. And so our first one is tomorrow. So if you are in that age bracket or know someone in that age range, we just encourage you to come out. Uh, just going to try to develop community around the presence of God. We've got Tony Blakely teaching tomorrow on God's goodness. And so if you've ever, ever wrestled with why Weird things happen in the world. Hard, hard things happen. It'd be a great night for you to, to come and get plugged into the community. Very excited for that. And then secondly, you might have saw them as you walked in, but Operation Christmas Child Boxes, you can uh, begin bringing those back next week. So if you haven't grabbed one, grab one on your way out. Bring it back next week. Uh, but yeah, you guys have an awesome rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you later.